Congress is poised now to pass, finally, a just over $900 billion coronavirus relief bill, one that's been fought about for more than half a year, one that contains a lot, but apparently doesn't contain a lot of direct money for local governments. Joining us live is Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. Were you hoping there would be some aid for state and local governments in that package? Well, it's more important to me that it be assembled thoughtfully and not uh, lumped in with a bunch of other stuff uh, that you know could lead to the kind of troubles that we've had with the first round where Tulsa as a city didn't actually receive a direct allocation and we spent months in this fight between Tulsa County and the state of Oklahoma as to who was going to give us our allocation between the two of them uh, and eventually got that worked out. But I would much rather uh, that the federal government go through this process and get what they need to get done. Uh, And I think from what I've heard on the bill that was assembled, what you saw was that there was actually compromise, which is all too rare, unfortunately, at the federal level these days. And uh, that there's discussion about coming back uh, when when they can talk more about funding for local governments, which is an area where there's, I think, greater uh, uh, division of opinion. And so we, we'll wait. Uh, you know, we're still working on uh, the allocation that we received from the state of Oklahoma and then Tulsa County just in the last month uh, allocated funds to help cover some of this overtime that we've developed for our firefighters who, you know, have had to quarantine. And when a firefighter quarantines, it doesn't mean that we just quit having medical emergencies or structure fires. Uh, We have to bring somebody else in on overtime and that's created a heavy financial burden. And thanks to these funds uh, from Tulsa County, we're going to help cover them. What do you still see at the end of this, uh, this year as an immediate need for Tulsa because of the pandemic? Well, I mean, the, Honestly, the greatest need for us, and I'm sure my staff will kill me for saying this, it's not at the city of Tulsa, it's the Tulsa Health Department. Uh, The Tulsa Health Department is in dire need of funding for staff, for testing. Uh, They're going to need, they're going to have an even heavier burden on them over the next six months when it comes to distribution of the vaccine. I mean, this is a, a department that was handling localized public health, uh, you know, 10 months ago and in the last nine months has had a global pandemic thrown on them in which they've been responsible for providing testing, for doing contact tracing, now for distribution of a vaccine and for public education and have had to do almost all of that with the staff that they started the year with and with mostly their existing budget. So uh, my, my primary hope in all of this uh, is that the Tulsa Health Department gets the funds that they need to keep Tulsa safe. Let's uh, go over some ground we we first covered last week, or most recently covered last week, and that is the the violence rate in the city. Uh, we talked about it last week, but it's it's current events for us because we had a homicide about a hundred yards from where I'm sitting uh, early on Sunday morning, and then uh, we get this open mic a lot. Hey, are you guys finally going to ask Mayor G.T. Bonham about the violence? Again, we we did last week, but with this latest homicide, and now we're three away from tying the record set in 2016, uh, what are your thoughts? What are your conversations with police like? Yeah, I mean, the one, I appreciate that comment. Uh, You know, it's just like 
the number one operational thing that we focused on for the last three years, but I'm glad that guy's been paying attention. Uh, we've increased the funding for staffing the Tulsa Police Department at a greater rate in the last three years than at any time in the history of the department. The, the challenge that we're facing right now uh, is that any time that you have a, a decline uh, in your local economy, you see an increase in crime. And then when you also have uh, significant job loss and you have the stressor of uh, people being cooped up inside uh, because of a, a pandemic that's going on, you add all of that together. And what that's creating, what we're seeing in the data we look at is just this tremendous, uh, really silent epidemic of child abuse and domestic violence. And a lot of that wasn't the case with the homicide you're referencing over the weekend, but so much of what we see uh, that is ultimately moving on into, you know, the, the worst case uh, of violent crime, which is homicide, uh, is stemming from that really sharp escalation that we've seen over the course of this year in uh, child abuse and domestic violence. And that is not something that's unique to Tulsa. No. Every major city in America is dealing with this exact same wave that we're dealing with right now. But I think that is why it is so important that we cannot take our eye off the ball on properly staffing our police department and making sure that they have the tools they need uh, to protect Tulsans even more going into the year ahead. Well, let's look one more time at the year behind because I don't think you and I are going to talk again probably until the new year. So um, how are you processing <laughs> the last 350-some days? Um, and and how do you think when historians write about Tulsa in 2020, uh, what do you think they'll say? Well, you know, when you're going through uh, a historically challenging time, you don't appreciate it as a historically challenging time. It just sucks. <laughs> and that's what this year uh, has done and has been. Um, but the reality is, I think, uh, uh, when people have the advantage of hindsight and can look back at this year, um, they're going to see, especially you think about the early going of this pandemic, when uh, there was a real danger that our hospitals did not have the protective equipment that they would need to keep people safe. I mean, we were at a point where we were having to do drives to ask companies to donate masks uh, I remember my gloves. wife sewing masks, a lot of people sewing masks. Exactly. I mean, we're just months removed from that. And yet, when we were faced with that situation, Tulsans across the city knowingly hurt their businesses, hurt themselves financially uh, to save the lives of their neighbors. And because we did that, we slowed the spread of the virus in our community enough that the hospitals had the time they needed to get stocked up, uh, to get the resources they need to treat people moving forward. And I think that when we look back, that'll be viewed uh, as, you know, I think one of this community's, if not the greatest, one of the greatest humanitarian uh, efforts in the history of the city. And so I think about everything that we've had thrown at us this year with, you know, a national pandemic, with uh, a, a, or a global pandemic, a national recession, uh, with a, a beloved sergeant murdered, uh, a, a new officer attempted murdered. Uh, with all the challenges that we've faced, and yet every one of those Tulsans have rebounded from that 
and continue to find ways that we can help with one another. Uh, whether that's supporting local businesses, whether that's supporting our officers. Uh, and so I, I, I just think that, you know, we talk a lot about Tulsa in historic terms, uh, about how resilient we've been back, you know, in decades past, but we're proving right now. We proved in 2020 that this generation of Tulsans absolutely deserves to stand side by side with those that came before us that showed how resilient they were. Proud to call this city home. I know you are too, Mayor. Thank you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you on the other side. You too, Dan. Thank you. Mayor G.T. Bynum.